Welcome to Ember Weekend. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And we're going to start talking today about the site redesign. Yeah, we've... again, again. So this is like the third time we've done this. Well, it's this basically show. finished now. Yeah. Well, um, luckily. So yeah, so we finally got the design in for the episode page and the about page is in, even though our bios are super out of date. I don't, think... I don't, think, I don't think we mentioned Ember one time. And I, and I still have iOS on there, which I'm... I'm going to take that off oh, like immediately. You have, C, you have C++ in there as well. No, no, I don't have any of the any of the bad languages in there. <laughs> oh, God, that's going to start a, a firestorm. <laughs> well, that wasn't, no, that's not the bad language that I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, the, don't, don't ask me which. <laughs> now which, I need to know. Which language like, do you not want people to know that what, you know? Yeah, okay, uh, all right. So, so VB, right? That's okay. Yeah, VB.net. <laughs> all right, yeah. Uh, so we, uh, the site design, which I was a little optimistic, thinking we could get it done by Monday. And we, um, it wasn't too far off. We're like two weeks off, I think. Yeah, and it looks great. Um, so, yeah, but I know, okay, so I wasn't involved in this, but you've been trying to add liquid fire to it. How's that experience been? Uh, it's pretty good. Liquid fire is, uh, I mean, just super pleasant like any other ember add-on to get into your app i mean you just now it's just ember install i noticed that well it used to be ember install colon add-on now it's just ember install oh yeah yeah but before that it was npm install dash dash save dev hmm. yeah they, was... they actually have an ember install colon npm now <laughs> that's that right, weird. it's a mouthful yeah say that 10 times fast so yeah and there's an ember colon inst- or ember install colon bower bower I think. right so, I, I did see all this yeah yeah i need to figure out what all those are used for but uh so i i installed liquid fire and uh that was in there really really easily um but things weren't working exactly right the styles were kind of messing up whenever i would try to use a liquid outlet mm-hmm. and what i ended up finding out was that uh liquid fire adds a container around um the content so just the act of putting the outlet there creates a container it also has another container a subcontainer called i think liquid child mm-hmm. and uh that kind of messes with the styles that riot set up uh she was she was doing some things in order to get the effect of that the sticky bottom player right um that she needed to to have the first element inside of the body okay um, so direct descendant yeah so she had direct descendant selectors Right. And obviously that's going to cause some problems because if you have a container that gets added that is not known up, up front, it'll cause problems, right? Right. You can actually turn off the uh, outside container at least, um, although you can't do anything about the, the child, uh, the liquid child. So I, I took, I disabled that and then I also kind of adjusted some of the styles. Uh, so don't hate me, Rye, uh, <laughs> uh, in order to get the, the effect we needed. And I think what's going to end up happening is that we're going to have to, we're going to have to go back and... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll make the changes and just deal with whatever crappy looking design happens. And I'll kind of push that over the fence to her and she'll have to adjust her style. I think a lot of this has to do with, you know, making sure that we don't tie ourselves too closely to those, uh, those direct descendant selectors. Yes. Yeah. That'll and, solve a lot of the pain. And, and just in Ember in general, that, that happens a lot. You and I went to RailsConf and, uh, and it was pretty great. I had a lot of fun. I think the highlight was uh, something we're going to talk about a little later, which was a meetup that was totally unaffiliated with RailsConf. But uh, yeah, so um, I, I kind of want to talk about the DHH keynote and how he's kind of uh, encouraging people to write more integrated systems and trying to repurpose the term monolith. Have you any thoughts on that? Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting talk. Uh, I think he really believes um, that this integrated system approach or you know this beautiful monolith, as he, as he called it, um, is is the right way. I think it tends to be something that's much better. And when when you need to start splitting off into micro microservices, you end up uh, with with systems that are really difficult to reason about. So I think integrated systems are really smart. 
Right. I mean, and that was part of the reason I think you and Pavel built Ember CLI Rails was Correct. that there was this that air gap in between, mm-hmm. and you didn't really like the fact that your your build tooling and things uh, didn't handle your Ember stuff kind of automatically. Right. Yeah. It's all about conventions and making sure that I I know I know the things that I need to do at the outset of the project. Right. And outside. you don't have to you don't have to make the decisions every single time that right. you start a a project. Yeah. So uh, yeah, integrated systems are a okay in my book. Um, right. And he also announced the API flag, which is this really cool way of generating a new Rails app that just removes a lot of the unnecessary stuff if you're only going to be using the JSON API. So I think you end up getting a you'll you'll end up getting a considerable performance increase uh, because it won't have to go through so many middlewares. Right. And I and I think this was that was like the best part of his talk um, was just that that flag. It kind of got a little underplayed, but that's the most that's that's what I got out of it most. I really think that this is a the kind of this was the pain point that most people who who really wanted to use Rails but they wanted an Ember app like a full separated in app. this is the thing they're missing that was going to keep them on rails right um, so even even if you kind of underplayed it um it was it was very valuable yeah i totally agree so uh, one of the other talks that it, uh, i was really excited about was uh, by justin searles and um in it he it was kind of a, a talk about culture and and how you need to promote a, a diverse uh, team in order to kind of produce the best quality code. So uh, I think he talks about some dichotomies at first, and then he describes that most dichotomies are false. So he's actually kind of describing these things in terms of a spectrum. Uh, and he talks about introspective and anxious people on one end of the spectrum and confident and uh, not <laughs> anxious people on the other end of the spectrum and how the people who are not uh, anxious or introspective are ones that have a, a higher likelihood of being super prolific. And that kind of makes them more valuable uh, at least uh, their perception, rather, is that they are uh, more valuable. So you end up getting a lot more of them inside and, and involved in uh, technology. So it's kind of uh, one of these things where you want to see you want to see a, a more spread out uh, and varied team uh, con- composition in order to uh, in, in order to pr- promote the better code. Yeah. And uh, so so one of the interesting things about this is that uh, he considers himself. Uh, I, I, what was the other one? Not the not the he was one of the anxious people. Yes. Uh, which it was weird because you know you would have thought that anyone out there that gives presentations as well as he does and right. that, that as many as he's done that he must be on the other end he must be super confident about himself and like you know and he must be on that end of like I have good code I know all the rules and he actually considers himself one of the kind of introverted and uh, ca- like cautious right. um, you know always always suspicious that somebody's going to catch on that he doesn't really know what he's doing um, so it's it was that was very interesting to me yeah very much so. But you know, I think I think just advocating having a having a more diverse uh, culture in your team, uh, I think that was really interesting and probably really valuable. So one of the things that was most important in this talk, uh, the takeaway, is that if you have a mon- monoculture, you'll end up working faster, but you won't necessarily end up working better. Right. Um, so it's like if everyone agrees with each other, then you'll work very quickly, but you won't necessarily solve these hard problems in the correct way because there's no one challenging anyone else's ideas. Yeah, you you kind of get trapped in this echo chamber where everyone's agreeing with each other on on any bad idea um and no one's no one's challenging you right it's it's a lot about uh, identifying these common kind of pitfalls in team construction so it's pretty neat yeah so on to the kind of the highlight of my RailsConf experience uh, it was going to to an, an ember meetup in atlanta and uh and it was a fireside chat with yehuda katz and tom dale in the fireside fireside chats there's a been a few of them recorded and put up online including this one i think and in it <laughs> which is it's kind of funny they turn on a youtube channel that is just a video a long video of uh, of fire burning and then they sit in front of it 
and they allow the uh, one of the organizers to interview them and give them some questions. And then eventually they open it up to the entire meetup group. So I think there were like a lot of really good questions and it was like, it wasn't really pulled punches. So some of the questions were kind of hard, uh, especially with regard to like React Native and and some of those things. And I think that it's, it's really cool and exciting when um, people who are kind of invested in a technology are excited and, and open about getting tough questions. And, you know, they're thinking about it. They want to prove to the community that they're, they're trying to stay in front. So uh, a few of the things that I thought were really interesting were what is it like to be behind other frameworks in, term of, in terms of popularity? And I think they, they drew a lot upon Chris Epstein's closing keynote in EmberConf. I don't know. It was, really, it was really neat. They were basically saying that when you're in the front, uh, you're the default choice. So you get a lot of people who aren't necessarily excited about the technology. It's just this is the way you do it. So you end up having to support a much larger group, and uh, and that ends up causing a lot of problems that are just unsolvable. I think Chris Epstein was talking specifically about Less and SaaS and how Less was much more popular, and he would talk to the the owner of Less, and they ran into all these like pitfalls, and it became this this huge time sink trying to make sure everything worked the way it should. Yeah, and uh, I liked that uh, like one of the very first questions was about Ember data which you know continues to be basically like the, the the major pain point even after you're even after you know ember and you're you're really proficient uh a lot of your your time sink is going to be in ember data getting everything to communicate right e- even if you like you know you know what you're doing it's just a matter of getting it into ember the right way um you end up kind of every now and then you've got to write some hacks uh to, to get things right you end up uh and, and you used to actually have to fight with ember and they actually brought this up that they've kind of taken ember data and like made it thinner um, so that it wasn't doing so much magic and they've exposed a lot of these things where you just like say load model so you can go fetch your data from anywhere and as long as you can get back json that looks the right way uh, you can just load it in or you can load load many of them in um, and that's that was a, like a, you know a decision they made in order to kind of decrease the this pain that that people were feeling um, and the question was basically is ember data going to get better like in the next you know like once once it hits 1.0 uh, is it going to get better and uh and, I, and they, they basically said that uh, now that they've kind of finished or, or are finishing, you know, Glimmer and, and uh, HTML bars, and once that kind of ends, they'll be able to put basically all their time toward Ember data, which has already gotten, I mean, much better. Much um, better. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. Uh, having used Ember data in the past and using it now, it's it's definitely improved. Yeah, and that, that was the, the the message. And it was it was interesting that, you know, the very beginning, somebody fields a question like that, that just immediately like, kind of like hits them where it stings. And, and they just rolled with it. And they were like, yeah. yeah, you know, we understand. Here's what we're doing. Yeah. And, and the answer was like, I, I feel like overwhelmingly, it was like, hey, we're going to effort, dedicate more effort into that as soon as we get to a point where we can do that. So that was really neat. I guess the, the last thing we want to mention is we have a an Ember meetup group here in Jack's Beach called Ember Jacks. And I, I'm really excited about it. We're having our second meetup this upcoming week. And uh, and we noticed in our first meetup that there was a lot of, uh, you know, new to Ember people. So we're trying to cater our meetup to those to those beginners. And we're trying to build up almost a curriculum of like project, a project that we can do and we can build it together and get everyone kind of thinking about it in terms of this. But when we were at the Atlanta meetup, I talked to Chris McCuller and his experience is different. So they have a, a few people actually actively using it in production applications. And then they have a bunch of people who are using it in their spare time and they come in and do like question and answer. So it's a different kind of format because they have different types of people. So I think it's really interesting to see and talk about how meetup groups need to cater to the the experience level and and kind of how I was able to bounce ideas for, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes and just kind of get a bunch of different feedback. And I think they're going to incorporate some of our ideas and vice versa. 
And I'm just excited about how the Ember community wants to deal with uh, meetups and how eager we are to kind of create things that will help the people the most. Uh, I think organizing the meetup was uh, was a great idea. There was there wasn't anything. I mean, within driving distance here, um, I think the closest one was Orlando. Um, and I was really surprised that I mean, we have uh, we host uh, or have hosted Ruby Jacks, you know, many times and other 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 meetups in the area. Um, and we've kind of gotten used to the people that show up at all the the standard meetups we go to. And it was surprised it surprised me that the people that showed up to the Emberjacks meetup, a lot of them were new faces. Yeah. And so we're kind of meeting new people that we really had no idea how to plan for for the first meeting. And I think now we're going to be able to um, for the second one. And, and we actually already maxed out kind of our allotment to how many people we can fit. I think we're going to open that up. Uh, well, I mean, I think, I mean, <laughs> the space, we might, we actually might need to get a bigger space. Which yeah. would be, is, is a great problem to have. Yeah. Um, and, and I think some of the other suggestions we had um, from other meetup organizers was uh, try to do pairing, uh, get get people that are basically both kind of the right. same skill level. So I think we're going to try a few of these different techniques out uh, to see which one works best for the, for this group because it, it is really specific to the group you have. Yeah, yeah, and I I'm just excited that we're getting so much uh, involvement already. Yeah, and I, and I think in in this case the meetups really serve like dual purpose. I mean they're they're kind of showing people the advanced stuff that you can do, which is generally what what the meetups do is they're um, here's a new feature, here's a new library, here's something you may not know about. You know, you're using it already, but actually since since one of the biggest problems with Ember is the barrier to entry, the kind of like high cost to get started. Um due to I mean the tools themselves are great, uh but but actually creating an app with them is sometimes daunting for like a yeah. a beginner. Because um, even even a simple to do app, uh, there's a lot of kind of ingrained context, context uh, that that you have to just know. Yeah. Um, but if you have somebody there to walk you through it, it I mean that that barrier entry is basically just gone. And that's it for this Ember weekend. Um, I'm Chase McCarthy, and I'm Jonathan Jackson. You had to think about that one for a second. Um, um, I'm Chase. Um, I'm Chase McCarthy, and I'm Jonathan Jackson. And we'll talk to you next weekend. Go ahead. Now? Yeah, we're totally recording. You're listening to TurboLink's Weekend. I'm your host, Chase McCarthy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Jonathan Jackson. (laughs) All right, yeah, yeah, that's totally good cut. No, no, that's going in. I'm serious.